Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Esfetti and me, Tears of Christ. And we are recording this on November 17th. Hello, Erica. Hey, Tirza. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing well. I think I always say I can't believe how fast the time is going and I guess I never I never will believe it because it's already when we're recording this it's already the middle of November and Thanksgiving is coming up in five minutes I know it's so yeah it goes by so quickly and we're going to be talking about holiday fun stuff on this episode which is like very exciting but also like Mm -hmm. holy cow how is it already that time um it is holiday season people have got to start thinking i guess if you do gifts you have to start thinking about gifts if you don't do gifts then your life is easier um buy gifts for yourself (laughs) buy these for yourself yes yes we i i approve of that um but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's but i'm excited about this episode i have my christmas cheer candle burning because i'm trying to get in the spirit do you? Oh my gosh. Okay, okay. That makes me wonder like like what's like what's the what's the scene with the cats? Just paint a scene for me real quick if you don't Oh, mind. let's see. Let me... Dolly and her siblings. Let me look around. Dolly is currently perched on a pillow in the sun, like the princess she is. Oh, very, very diva. It's giving yes. diva. I approve. Mm-hmm. And Jin is posed kind of saucily on a cardboard box. What you and said, what was the adjective you used? Kind, kind of saucily. Like he's just kind of. Saucily. He's got this little sort of tilt to his. Yes. Uh, to his head and his, his little, curl, his tail's all curled up. It's kind of cute. And I have no idea where Oliver is. He's probably hiding somewhere. All right. <laughs> so. so we got Saucy Jen, Diva Dolly in, in, in our uh, holiday candle. I love it. Yeah. That's great. I live. Yeah. Good setup over there. Um, Saffron is locked in my room. LOL. (laughs) Every time I record, I give her treats, though, even if she was already napping in there. Because every time I go to record, like, I'll be setting up the stuff and she senses and she'll come and jump on my desk and, like, stare at me in my eyes and be like, what are you doing? You're going to walk in the room, aren't you? (laughs) What are you doing? Even when I, yeah, even when I think she's, like, sleeping so I don't have to lock her in the room. When, if I start recording like an ad or something for other stuff, she'll be like, "What are you? What are you doing over here?" And I'm like, "Saffron, no." <laughs> oh, cats! They I are know. hilarious. Um, they are. Well, um, so we've got a few different news articles or news items for today. Um, one of them is not really YA. Um, but it's kind of why adjacent um, the National Book Awards were announced last night. Um, 
uh, last week by the time you're listening to this. So um, the one thing that the National Book Awards do that I don't like super love is that yeah. they um, combine the award for it's like the award for young people's literature. And so they combine middle grade and YA um, and they don't really do picture books, which I guess is fine. I, I wouldn't want to add like another category in there but like for the record I think picture books middle grade and YA all deserve their own category um so yeah. the winner this year is not a YA book but it is a first time for everything by Dan Stanton and it looks fantastic I have not read it but I'm a really big fan of Dan's illustration work and he's done like a lot of picture books he's done some graphic novels um, so this one looks really great. And um, I think you said that you thought it was more for like grades five to nine. So kind of like on that middle grade YA cusp, yeah, the but cusp. not quite YA. Yeah, it's categorized as grades five to nine. So it's like, because um, sometimes, the, you know, a lot of YA that comes out might lean a little older, you know, I mean, you know, depending on what you're into. So I think... I would read it. It look it looks good, like you said. Yeah. And it is. I hope that they and other book awards that don't have separate middle grade and YA categories get a get separate YA and middle grade categories because there's like there's so there's so many books coming out in both categories. It's like, bro, yeah. like how are you? You're judging all of them in one pool. It's hard. Saying, yeah. So I, I totally agree with your sentiment on that. And picture books are their own thing as well. So yeah, they, yeah. and it's, I think it's really hard to, to compare a middle grade book to a young adult book when we're talking about, yeah. Um, I would not want to have the job of being a judge. Like, let's yeah. I would like to have the job of being a judge because I'd like to read everything and, and I love talking about books, but yeah. I would not like to have it in the terms of like, I think it'd be really difficult to make these calls. Um, I think Absolutely. one, I think one big reason why the National Book Award has combined awards is because um, there is a significant cash prize that comes with winning the National Book Award and being oh, a finalist. Okay. It's like, I think it's like $10,000. So right. that's, you know, that's a not a huge chunk of change, but it's a nice chunk of change. Um, and yeah. I know that, that that money is like all from like donor support and their foundation. So um, they probably aren't rolling in the dough, but hey, if there's yeah. somebody really rich out there who really cares about <laughs> writing for young people, maybe you can make a donation to the National Book Award Foundation and get the, make it so that there's a YA and a middle grade um, category for each. We need, of, uh, we need a, we need like a Carnegie of our generation. For real. Like, wouldn't it be nice yeah. if instead of like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, I was had somebody who's like, I love books. Let me just like put a ton of money into books. That would be awesome. Well, actually, side note, this wasn't even in our list, but Pink is giving away. She's not as rich as them, but she's still pink. She's pink. She's giving away banned books at a Florida concert. I don't know if it's already happened or if it will happen, but she said she and she actually gave Book Riot a shout out, which was really cool. I don't know if you saw awesome. that. Awesome. Yes, I did. Pink is awesome. I love her music. So yes, that is awesome. Um, okay, so in other bookish news, um, my Life with the Walter Boys by Ali Novak um, is being adapted into a TV show and it hits Netflix on December 7th. 
the trailer just dropped this past week. So we've linked that in the show notes. Um, I'm definitely getting like, I don't know if you got the chance to watch the trailer yet, Erica, but I'm getting the summer I turned pretty vibes from this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is about a girl who tragically loses her parents in an accident. And she's from New York city. And so her guardian is, I think it's like her mom's best friend who lives in Colorado and they like live on a farm with like horses. And she has like an obscene number of, I think adopted children um, and they're all boys. And so she like gets dropped into this family with like a ton of teenage boys. And there seems to be like a love triangle between two of the brothers and her. Um, so it looks good. It looks like the type of like, oh yeah, I'm going to turn this on for some mindless sort of fun watching. Um, like, you know, just like brain candy. So I'm excited to watch that. And then our final bit of news, which is very, very sad. I don't think I'm going to get over this anytime soon. Um, there will be no Shadow and Bone season three on Netflix, which I'm mad about. I don't know how you feel, Erica, but I'm mad. Tomato, tomato, Ugh. tomato, tomato, tomato. Right. I agree. I And I think it's just like, I don't know. It's really depressing to me because I know that Hollywood has had a rough time with the strikes. And I know that fantasy stories are really expensive to adapt and tell. But like Lee Bardugo is probably one of, if not, you know, the best selling highest paid YA authors of our times and like if one of her best selling like flagship um you know worlds with a bunch of best selling books can't even be made into a tv series without getting canceled after two seasons like what hope is there like honestly yeah i isn't it also netflix Netflix, I don't know. They, I feel like they cancel stuff a little too quickly. Like they you gotta, do. You gotta chill and, and like let things I cook think, a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's not even like Shadow and Bone, the TV series, wasn't popular. Like season two was number one in the country. It was in the top ten worldwide. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't unsuccessful. So um, it's just so it's, it's like, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, jeez. <sighs> Luckily, we will always have the books, but still, I wanted so much more of Freddie Carter as um, Kaz Becker. Wasn't season three, well, I know season two kind of like went off the path of the books, but what wasn't season three supposed to be more about um, the Six of Crows? Yeah, so that's what's really disappointing because my my theory... Because season two, I think, really combined the last two books in the Shadow and Bone um, trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt a little rushed to me. Like, not terrible, but just a right. little bit rushed. But I thought, you know, it's okay because the way season two ended was very clearly setting it up, I think, for the plots of Six of Crows. And the Six of Crows plots, I think, are so good and so excellent. I was like, it makes sense that they want to get to those. Um, So I was really excited because I think we were going to get the heist. I think we were going to get, like, the Six of Crows really shining. 
And it's just such a bummer to know that like, yeah, we won't get to do that. And Lee Bardugo even said, she's like, I'm sorry, there's no hope for a spinoff. Like it's just done. Um, which what? I hate. I hate that gave so me much. a tingle in a bad way. There's no, I'm like, sometimes, sometimes streamers will pick up unfinished shows. Maybe. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah. Cause I mean like fantasy heist and season one, I didn't finish season two yet, but of season one, when I was watching it, for me, the best parts, the best parts of season one were the Six of Crows to me. Yes. Yes. So, what's a call at a certain point? I forgot her name. Or Alana? Was her name Alana? I'm forgetting. Alina. Alina. Oh, okay. I was close. So For some reason, she started, I think she got on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> Or something, or I don't know. It's been it's been some months since I watched it, but I just really like the Six of Crows. The parts with the Six of Crows, their development, like the characterizations, the stuff they were doing, they were just really fun. So I loved yeah. the parts of the show when it was on them, focus on them. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into this any further, let's hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life and then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best she's brilliant charismatic quick-witted funny they fall in love but the thing is she's number six so if he is to have seven great loves does that mean his time with Irena is going to come to an end so this is a love letter to western pop culture eastern traditions and being a first generation new yorker make sure to check it out and thanks again to flat iron books publisher of 888 love and the divine burden of numbers by abraham chang for sponsoring this episode <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, um, real quick before we dive into the meat of our episode, um, it is happening, readers. We are bringing paperbacks. Um, whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers or if you're on a budget, if you want a wider range of recommendations or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Um, and side note, I am one of the bibliologists, so it could be hey. me. Um, you can also gift it for the holidays because they are upcoming. So you can get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. Okie doke. So our topic today is holiday books and or slash books that we think you should gift for the holidays, fun mm -hmm. additions, like all that good stuff. 
Um, there's a lot of good stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Same. Um, do you want to kick us off with some book recommendations, Erica? Yes. So like you said, I made my decisions on these books today. Like thinking of like either books that were nice to read during the winter. And when I think of winter reading, I think of like um, cozy stuff, like kind of happy, kind of books that you like to read when you're like snuggled under a blanket. Yes. Um, so right, so like little candle. What what's your candle's name again? Like holiday Christmas cheer. Christmas cheer, exactly. While you're burning your Christmas cheer candle, that type of stuff. So, um, okay. So the first one I have has elements that I just mentioned, as well as just a really pretty cover in person, and that is the Davenport's by Crystal Marquis. Ooh, yeah, I've heard of this one. And. It's interesting because it's like the cover, just looking online, it's like a bright yellow. And what, like, that's cute. Like, the illustrations on it are pretty. But in person, I didn't realize it's like kind of foily looking. So I feel like it would make just like this nice, shiny, pretty gift as well. So uh, I chose it because not only is it a historical romance centered around a Black family in 1910 that is apparently based on a real family it's also like I said it's got the well it's kind of messy it's kind of like soapy but it's also got like interesting historical notes and it's like kind of like a wealthy black family in this time which I don't read about many in 1910 um and the family that they're based off of apparently is called or was called the C.M. Patterson family so this has four different perspectives, and it's the perspectives of four young ladies slash older teens, and all of them are just basically trying to follow their heart in terms of potential and ongoing romances while still juggling societal expectations, and in some cases, shirking those expectations. So there's Olivia and Helen. These are the Davenport sisters. There's Amy Rose. Amy Rose is a family friend, any person who works for the family as like a maidservant. And then there's Ruby, who is Olivia's best friend. So back to Olivia. Olivia is the oldest daughter. She wants to get married to the perfect man because it's like in their like high society. You know, you can imagine 1910. You want like your daughters to marry well or whatever. You know, that whole hierarchical, you know, high society structure. So there's this really suitable match in society. His name is Jacob Lawrence, and he's from England. But Olivia is kind of like feeling this handsome civil rights attorney by the name of Washington Dwight, who is like, you know, like an activist, basically. He's fighting against Jim Crow laws and stuff like that. So then her sister, Helen, Helen is the person who was shirking gender norms. She totally thinks that, you know, the expectations around being a woman are like, she's not feeling those, right? So um, Jacob Lawrence is kind of intrigued by that. He's like, okay, so she's like a little different. I don't want to, <laughs> I'm thinking of like how people say not like other girls. I don't feel like she's like that. I felt like I was about to, 
say like she's not like other girls she's not like how people expect girls to be she wants to be her own person but remember jacob lawrence is supposed to be kind of attached or like courting olivia so there's some little mess right there so then amy rose amy rose wants to have her own business but she also wants her personal business to involve helen and olivia's brother john so that's the davenport sisters brother so he's also davenport obviously and then you have ruby and ruby also likes john <laughs> but feels like he stopped paying attention to her so she tries to get attention from him by kind of like giving attention to this other guy so you see how how messy it is but like it's like i don't want to say it's a sweet mess sweet messiness is, is that what i want to say it's not like it's, it's a fun like, to read messiness <laughs> exactly thank you and i'm like a messy person so so i love the time period this was written in and like i said before it's focused not only on a wealthy black family but also the messiness and also the gender constraints of women at the time that get that get explored so I think it would be a nice gift for yourself or for someone else. Again, that's The Davenports by Crystal Marquis. Yeah, I'm excited to read this one. I've had it on my TBR for a while since it came mm -hmm. out earlier, I think this year. So yeah. yay. Thanks for telling us about that. Yeah. Um, my first pick is one that I think is... Um, like, I didn't even know this book was coming out until it showed up on my doorstep, um, which is kind of a fun way to just, like, discover books. Um, so this uh, is... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Aragon by Christopher Mahalini, which some of you, if you know why, you've heard of this book because it came out, like, many years ago, almost 20 years ago, probably, like, 20 years ago. Um, I was an actual teen yeah. when this book came out. And mm -hmm. there is a new illustrated edition that was just released. And it is gorgeous. So it is a really like large um, hardcover edition with beautiful paintings. Um, and it is now out. I think it just came out a couple, couple weeks ago. And the, yeah, it's just really beautiful. I was like gasping over all of the gorgeous paintings. And I think this is a really great gift if you have somebody who loves um, Aragon. Um, if you have somebody who just has never read it but loves um, YA fantasy, um, it's it's a really fun um, and pretty book to gift. So if you've never heard of Aragon, um, this is about a boy who lives in poverty in this fantasy world, and he is out one day. Um, I think he's like foraging for food. And he comes across this beautiful stone, which turns out to be a dragon egg. He whisks it away and he hatches this dragon who um, does his like mind meld bonding with him. Um, but having a dragon is very much against the, the law. And uh, now he has to go on the run. He becomes a dragon rider, kind of like a, you know, you're destined to save us sort of character. Um, so there's four books in the series and there is actually a fifth book coming out this fall. Um, this is first new book in a while called Murtag. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good year to be a Aragon fan. If you are a fan of Aragon or if you want to um, gift some team in your life, an amazing, beautiful edition of this book. So that is the Aragon illustrated edition. Definitely check it out. Um, the illustrations are gorgeous. 
Yeah, the illustrations are pretty. I just looked them up. And I also did not know that an illustrated edition was coming out until you just said. I never read Aragon, but it was on my list forever. Like you said, like it, it was out when we were actual teens, if not before. Um, uh, and I know, I feel like dragons and fantasy kind of got a little push because of a certain book. Not that <laughs> yeah. they ever went out of style, but like. You know, dragons are kind of having like a bit of a moment. They're, again. they're having their own moment right they're now. Having, yeah, they're having a time. So you know, I think that that's that's such a good like gift recommendation. Actually, it's it's very pretty the illustrations, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a sucker for a beautifully illustrated edition. So yeah, absolutely same. Yes. So my next book we will get to in one second. Let's hear from our next sponsor though, real quick. Okay. So the next book I have is Sleepless in Dubai by Sajni Patel. And the title of this is obviously a nod to Sleepless in Seattle, which I have never seen, but it seems <sighs> like it would be. <laughs> that is I, I kind of thought you might gasp at that, but there's another time like in one of my other book recommendations where I feel like you're going to gasp as well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> I, lo- I love the deep, like exasperated. You're like, Oh, tears is tired of me. She's tired. No, of it's okay. We tears all is over, over me. We've only seen what we've seen, but I do think you should watch Sleepless in Seattle sometime. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you've seen it, so I guess you answered my question. Um, but yeah, it does seem like a well to me who have who has never seen it. It does seem like a like a. I guess it would it be if you were to watch it like now, it would be like nostalgic for you. I'm assuming. Yeah, I think so. It's a good nostalgic and it starts during the holidays. So perfect. Oh, it does. Okay. So that's perfect. Okay. So I'm going to add that to the list because I do like to watch like little nostalgic things. As we mentioned uh, in our last full episode, the winter survival kit, I do like to watch a lot of nostalgic stuff during the winter. Um, So I will definitely add that to my list. So as for the story, in Sleepless in Dubai. Nikki is an aspiring photographer and she is set to go on a trip with her family to Dubai to celebrate Diwali. But, big capital B here, Yash, her former bestie and a kid she grew up with, they're like neighbors, he's also going. And she is like super not feeling that because she has this grudge against him that is related to why they're not friends anymore. Her parents, though, ever the matchmakers, are really close to Yasha's parents and encourage Nikki to not hold on to grudges. Now, I believe in a good grudge. Let me just say that. (laughs) I believe in a grudge depending. Like, you know, if it's, you know, if the other person is kind of messy or like, you know, ridiculous, sometimes people need to have grudges against them. But sometimes grudges are petty. And I fully recognize that. So (laughs) on the trip. Yash and Nikki start mending things, but Nikki also starts developing feelings for Yash. And the question is, how will this work with their freshly mended relationship? And Yash also has a bit of a secret that could change things between them. So you have to read to see what's going on with that. 
Um, I think this is perfect for the holidays because one, obviously it is centered around a holiday. Um, and if you'd like to read about the celebrations and food and all the nice festivities of Diwali, this is perfect. I didn't know much about Diwali, so I love learning about other cultures and traditions and stuff. It's also funny and sweet, and it has some life lessons surrounding friendships. Just saying. I'm like, all right, I see you. I see you, Sleepless in Dubai. But yeah, so that again is Sleepless in Dubai by Sajni Patel. I love Sajni Patel's The Knockout, and I have not read this one, I but remember. I love The Knockout. I remember so. you talking about it, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So I'm going to have to pick that one up. Yay! Okay, so my next pick is Finding My Elf um, by David Valdez. And this one just looks really cute and hilarious. It, it is, cute, a, yeah. yeah, it's about Cameron. He um, goes to NIU for college and he's not having a great college experience, it must be said. <laughs> he's had a terrible first semester. He's like about to flunk out and lose his scholarship. And then and he's like, but more uh, like that's pretty bad. But like, also, what's also pretty bad is he hasn't really made any friends. Which, oh man, making friends when you first go off to college can be difficult. So my heart goes out to him. Um, yeah, especially if you go far away for college. And he is now home for the holidays, and he really does not want to talk about it. And he wants to avoid his dad so much so that he goes and he becomes a mall elf at the local mall. Um, and he is not necessarily in the mood to be, you know, festive, festive, yay Christmas, but he needs a job and he also is avoiding his dad. Um, but there is a cash prize involved for the most festive elf at the mall. And he's like, I, I need that money. Um, so he's competing very hard against fellow elf named Marco. And Marco is like the perfect elf. He's very festive, very full spirit. Um, and Cameron's just like, you're going down, man. Um, but as they start to spend time together, of course, they start to fall for each other. Um, so I love a good Christmas book, movie, whatever, where mm. you've got like a Scroogey character and then you've got somebody who's like, I love Christmas so much. <laughs> and so I love that dynamic. Yes. This book looks really cute. <laughs> that is Finding My Elf by David Valdez. It sounds so cute. And um, I think David Valdez did another. Yes, David Valdez. And I've spoken about this on the show, maybe during an extra credit episode. I don't remember. David Valdez also wrote a Back to the Future retelling, which is cute. Yes. Spin me yes. right round. Spin me right round. Yes. This sounds super cute. And speaking of adaptations, I would love to see this as an adaptation. Whoever, but I mean, obviously, you know, things are real in that world, so you know. right. But, but this like, sounds really seriously. cute for holidays. Well, we were just talking last um, episode about how hard it is to find like really cute queer holiday movies. This That's would make like saying. yeah the cutest queer holiday movie. Like, come on, somebody do this. For That's me. what I'm saying. Yeah, please just do this for us, please, please. Please, please. But yes, <laughs> pretty please. This sounds super cute. So I am glad that you put it on my radar. It is going on my TBR list. And I have, okay, so I know I said this before we started recording. 
I did not mean to do like all romances, basically all romances. But here we are. I have another one. Um, it's Emmett by Elsie Rosen or Elev A.C. Rosen. I've seen the name both ways. Um, so I only just started reading this, but it sounds like so much fun. And it is fun what I've read so far. It's a queer gender bent retelling of Emma by Jane Austen, yes. which confession time. I have not read. Okay, I can I can live with this. I can live with this. <laughs> I was expecting a sigh, uh, a gasp from her. This was the this was gasp number two. But you I think I me, prepped though. you. Yeah, yeah, you were. I me. still had a reaction. I've only read one book by Jane Austen, and that was Pride and Prejudice. You know, if you're gonna read one, that's not a bad one. I was gonna ask you actually. I made a note to ask you because I foresaw your gasp. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize you would gasp at the sleepless in Seattle thing. But so I foresaw your gasp, seeing as your what your books are kind of, you know, retellings of. Um, so I was going to ask you what your favorite Jane Austen book was. And if anyone reads a Jane Austen book, which would it be? But you kind of already just answered that. Mm, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a reason why Pride and Prejudice is, is Pride and Prejudice. And it's yeah. so popular. Um, yeah. I also really like Emma. Um, Emma's kind of the worst, but that's partly why I love her. So yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, ugh, so many great things. Like you, and I love Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, uh, the only one I would say don't start with is Man- Mansfield Park, just because I feel like it's not as good as her other stuff. Gotcha. Okay, so listen, y'all. You want to get into Jane Austen? You just got the. You got the expert right here, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So Emmett uh, very obviously follows Emmett, who is a privileged and popular gay kid. He's super fortunate in many ways, and he knows it for the most part. Like I said, I just started this, and you just said Emma was kind of like the worst. Yeah. like in a fun way. In this, in the beginning of this book, like Emmett is kind of like, like, like I said, he's aware of his privilege and stuff but I also see the beginnings of like something else that could develop so I don't know if he's a one-to-one comparison to Emma but I will see yeah so I don't know at first he's like you know I'm privileged I know this and that's kind of the basis of um the plot which is that since he's so privileged and blessed and stuff like that he wants to try to pay things forward and he just realized that a great way to do this is by matchmaking people since he <laughs> set up <laughs> since he, he set up his bestie Taylor with her new boyfriend and it's going well. So Emma, was Emma matchmaking? Yes, this is okay. very much yeah, this is very about much. all the Emma vibes. Emma um, okay, good Emma vibes, big Emma vibes. Um B E V big Emma vibes. Yeah. Okay. So but then his little situationship partner slash friends with benefits Boothang Harris says he wants a boyfriend. And I feel like if your friends with benefits like partner says they want a boyfriend to you and you're like a you know gay guy, I think they're saying that they want you to be their boyfriend. But who am I? What do I know? <laughs> um since Emmett is closed Emmett is closed off from being that though. 
because he is scared of being hurt, things like that. So he decides to set Harrison up with someone, which does not sound messy at all. Um, And then Emmett's friend Miles lets him know, he's like, hey, bro, like, this is a messy situation you're getting into. To which Emmett replies with that since he's gay, like a lot of times if you're gay or queer, your friends and boyfriends and um, love interests and stuff often come from the same group of people, like the same pool of people, uh, which is why Emmett doesn't date for real, for real, because he doesn't want to open himself up to that. And having lost his mother when he was young, he is very guarded. Well, his matchmaking plans keep going awry, which sets up the perfect opportunity for Emmett to realize that maybe, just maybe he and Harrison belong together, maybe. So maybe. <laughs> just, you know, what what are your thoughts, Tears? It sounds like you have you have some thoughts. This is very much um yeah. Emma, and I love it. Um yeah. with the exception that like Emma and Harriet are not in a relationship. I think Emma and Harriet being in a relationship in the original would be interesting. Um, so I like that they, I like that um, Rosen kind of twisted that a little bit. That sounds fun. So yeah. I'm, I'm so, I really want to read this book. I, it's been on my TBR for a while. Yes. Yes. So it's like witty, which Jane Austen is known for being. And so I think um, Rosen carries that vibe as well. Um, it's you know very witty with uh, many witticisms, and it has a lot of great queer characters, um, different representation and stuff like that. So, again, that's Emmett by Elsie Rosen. Awesome! Yeah, I can't wait to read that. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next pick, which I feel like I've talked about before on the show, but um, the Do Over by Lynn Painter which was one of my favorite books that I read this year. It actually came out last fall, um, but I read it this year for the first time. And oh my gosh, it is so good. It is so funny. And it is um, about Emily who it takes place on Valentine's day. So she has a boyfriend. She's super excited about, you know, she's going to have her first, um, her first Valentine's Day with her boyfriend. She's going to tell him that she loves him. They're going to exchange the most perfect gifts. It's going to be fantastic, right? And so she wakes up, except for on the first day that she wakes up, she's like, everything's going wrong and everything's terrible. And her day just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it culminates when she um, sees her boyfriend kissing his ex. And so she's like, oh, guess we're not together. Um, anymore and so yeah the day is just a disaster day she falls asleep like over her Ben and Jerry's and when she wakes up the next morning she's like wait a second I'm back in my room and it's a time loop it is Valentine's Day all over again and so of course the first thing you do when you're like realize that you're caught in a time loop you're like am I going crazy and then you're like oh maybe I can fix things maybe I can change things Um, And so she's just stuck in this constant time loop where she's trying to prevent her boyfriend from breaking up with her. Um, Meanwhile, the universe seems determined to just kind of send her in the direction of this mysterious guy that she's never really noticed before. But now she can't help but notice him because every day she gets into a fender bender with him in his truck. So it's so funny and wild and I loved it so much and uh, the reason I'm talking about it is because a paperback um, Barnes and Noble edition just came out 
and it has an, an exclusive cover and then it has sprayed polka dot heart edges and I'm like oh my gosh oh, I think I need it <laughs> it's so cute it's so cute so yeah the, look up the Barnes and Noble special edition of the do-over um I love this book I think if you want to give somebody who likes rom-coms and romances a really great um uh you know great but pick for the holidays then this is a great one to give and it's also a great addition because it's all pretty and extra so that is the do-over by Lynn Painter um which is also a you know somewhat tongue-in-cheek retelling of um Groundhog Day so we're really hitting all the uh rom-com uh YA revivals with yes. this episode amazing 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 so I will get into my next pick, but we will hear from our sponsors before real quick. Okay, so my next pick is surprise, surprise, another romance. Oh, I don't even romance a lot I don't have any I like romance I just really gravitate towards like fantasy and stuff like that anyway so my next book is Love in Winter Wonderland by Abiola Labello and it's about 17 year old Trey who is this like mega po- mega popular kid at high school which is called Court in College because this takes place in the UK and sometimes they call um, our equivalent of high school college and such such forth so um, it's also about introvert Ariel. But surprise, surprise, even though this is a romance, Trey is already in a relationship with this girl, Blair, and the two of them are a popular power couple at school. And on top of that, Ariel and Trey don't even like each other, which I'm super here for because I do love a good hate to love or opposites attract kind of situation. Like, that's my thing. I like it. Parents own a bookstore called Wonderland and Ariel wants to go to art school like her late father. So she knows she needs a job to save up money for tuition. So she applies for a job at the bookstore and she gets it. So now Trey and Ariel are thrust together. They're working together, but they don't exactly like each other. And then they learn that because of gentrification, Trey's family's bookstore is at risk of being sold to developers if they can't raise enough money in time. So the two come together to try to save the bookstore and romance things ensue. So um, I feel like this has so many feel-goody tropes, plus it takes place in the winter, plus a lot of it is in a bookstore. And as a bonus, Ariel is described as thick with three C's. Actually, the three C's thing is me, but she's just, she's described. (laughs) I threw the three C's in there just like, just for vibes, but she is described as thick in the book. So that's cool. There are some um, sobering details that deal with like an eating disorder, bullying and dealing with grief. Um, So it's not like, you know, just be prepared for that. With that said, it's still a sweet story that I think would be well-received as a gift. So, again, that is Love in Winter Wonderland by Abiola Bello. Oh, that one sounds so sweet. I have an arc mm-hmm. somewhere. Somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, I'll find it at some point. <laughs> um, my next pick is another book that's been out. Um, this one actually for a while. 
Um, but it is a beautiful special edition. It is Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. This book has been out for 10 years. How? I feel What? So really? Yeah. What? I feel like I remember when it first came out. I, I, I definitely read it before it came out because I remember reading an arc and just being like so excited because I think I went to Book Expo America that year and I got an arc and I saw Rainbow Rowell and I was like, best day ever. Um, I love Fangirl. It is my favorite book by Rainbow Rowell. It is so good. It is about a girl named Kath who has a twin sister named Ren and they are headed to college. Um, they are college freshmen. They are going to UNL, um, which is University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And they, um, I mean, Kath is very scary about starting college. Like it means that she's going to be far from home for the first time. Um, Ren is super duper excited and Ren throws Kath a loop um when she says hey I don't want to be your roommate for college like I want to do my own thing I want to find my own people and so um Kath is bitterly disappointed to find that she has to have a roommate which is somebody that she doesn't even know and she basically spends all of her time holed up in her dorm room um, writing fan fiction for the Simon Snow series and the Simon Snow series is um basically made it was made up for the book but it's a um sort of big fantasy series that oh, the entire world is obsessed with. And she's pretty famous um, line for writing great fan fiction. But of course, nobody knows in her real life, this is what she does. Um, and so she's writing her fan fiction, just hold up in her, her dorm room, not really doing much of anything. But she meets her, her roommate and her roommate's friend, Levi, and they sort of coax her out into the world. Um, so it is about her first year of college and it's just so funny and good and romantic and it's all the things and this 10th anniversary edition is beautiful it's like out of this beautiful case um, beautiful sprayed edges beautiful um, extra end papers and it has exclusive content so um, I am excited I already have a nice edition of this i'm pretty sure i got like a barnes and noble special edition a few years ago um but i think i need this like it's it's hella expensive it's like over 30 dollars. i i do not care i i want it, it is yeah yeah i'm looking at it it's pretty though it's like a pink and green color scheme yeah and I have to say the so on the official description it's it says the Lux must have edition to celebrate the tenth anniversary of Rainbow Rowell's beloved best selling novel featuring stained edges, exclusive bonus content, and other special effects. Like I wanna know what this other special effects what are. What are these other special effects? Yeah. So I need it, right? Because yeah. I need to know what the other special effects are. I need to know them. Yeah, it's thirty five dollars. The special effects better be cool. They better they better be affecting. <laughs> they better do uh, something you open the right. book and like fireworks come out or something uh, at the very minimum at the very yes exactly we need fireworks over here okay yes so that sounds really good i have not read that but it sounds pretty good and i do remember still when it first came out so um i have like some kind of like a couple bonus a couple bonus books yeah. and one of them you may be familiar with it's called pride and premeditation <laughs> it's just a, your, just a little bit 
Um, it's obviously your book. And I wanted to include this because I was trying to find, I don't know. I, I was, I wanted to include, well, one, I always think of your book as like, you know, like a cozy, like mystery. And I wanted to include a YA mystery that was, had some more cozy elements. I feel like, I know you're very well-versed in YA mystery and thrillers. I feel like I I don't see as many cozy YA mysteries. Is that many? No, not as many, but I think that like they're starting to become more like prolific because I think that there are a lot of people who enjoy mysteries, but they don't want them to be dark, which is legit. Yeah, because I like we there are like I do get into I love mysteries in general, but you know, you have different moods. Like sometimes you don't want to read something that's like kind of like too real. You want something that's like a little cozier. Even if you are reading about murder, you like what, like, you know, like some of the edges filed down a little bit. Yeah, you and want I, like scary murder. Exactly. You want <laughs> nice murder. Oh, my God. Um, yes. So uh, there are plenty of co- cozy mysteries are like cozy. Everything is kind of having a moment, at least for adult books, like cozy yes. fantasies. A lot of romances are just kind of cozy by default. And then cozy mysteries are having a moment. But then when I was looking for YA cozy mysteries, because I'm like, again, I like to I like to indulge like a lot, a lot in the cozy for winter. And I like to give that gift to other people. Plus, the cover of your book is beautiful. It's so pretty. I yeah, love it. It's so fitting. It's so fitting. It's so perfect. So I don't know that there are any special editions of your book, like sprayed edges, but the the cover alone and the vibes is enough. They're more than enough for um, a winter or holiday gift, I think. So Yay. Thank yeah, you. yes. So yes. So pick that up. There are no special like sprayed edges editions. However, mm. um, there was a Barnes and Noble edition, um, hardcover edition, I think it's probably pretty much sold out. Like, I don't think you can get it from the Barnes & Noble website anymore. You might be able to find a used copy, like, here and there. But that Barnes & Noble special (gasps) edition had an exclusive short story in it that's set in winter. Yeah, it's called Sabotage on Ice. And it, um, yeah, it takes place during um, the Frost Fair, which um, the last Frost Fair happened, like, around, like, you know, Jane Austen's time. Um, and it like used to be that the Thames would completely freeze over and they mm. would just have like this giant fair and like everybody would go out onto the ice and like they, people would like lose their minds. Like one year there was like an elephant that went out on the ice and people were like an elephant. Sure. Why not? Um, and everybody was like, you know, selling oh souvenirs and stuff. So yeah, it was really cool. And I did a lot of fun research on that. And so there's this short story in which Lizzie and Darcy solve a mystery, um, at the frost fair um yeah so if you can find that special edition that does exist um but otherwise yeah just just the regular pretty paperback but I love my covers I was very fortunate with my cover artist and everything so I'm I love what they've done yeah it's so pretty and the series murder mystery just throwing that out there which is why I foresaw that gasp coming for Emmett (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna have to drink some water and take a moment but um yeah so i i would love to see more cozy so you're basically like leading leading the way with like cozy YA mysteries i love that 
Yeah. I would love to see more. Because, like, a lot of thrillers are more, like, you know, like, harder-edged, like, thriller kind of serious, which are also fun. But, again, if you want cozy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I I bet if we do some research, I bet there's enough cozy why mysteries out there we could probably do an episode so i'm i'm making that i'm making a note yeah i wanted yeah definitely i i feel like this episode your book is perfect for like wintry vibes but i wonder if like which other ones are out there i know there was there was one i almost mentioned called goldie vance goldie vance is really sweet yeah i've yeah i've read goldie vance i like those but it wasn't like it didn't super give um like like it wasn't right for me for winter but that i mean that is one as well um but yeah we should we should actually do an episode of that that's a good idea um i have one other bonus book and i mentioned this last full episode but i think it make a cute little fun gift for someone or for yourself, uh, as always, I love to buy myself gifts around the holidays. Um, it's Coloring Cuteness by Claire Belton, and that's just the the Pusheen the Cat coloring book. It's very silly and cute, and I've, I, like, my computer's been, this seems random, my computer's been messing up a lot lately. So when I'm rebooting or whatever, I'll pull out the coloring book and just start coloring some cute love cats doing like little silly things like sometimes they're like waffles or you know there's some other kind of pastry thing or doing whatever it's mad cute so i like it i love it i love it oh my gosh so yay that is our our episode um thank you so much for tuning in hopefully you got some good ideas for gifting if not you know for other people then maybe for your own holiday wish list i definitely have to figure out a way i'm i don't even think i'm going to be subtle about it i think i'm just going to tell my partner this i want i need this rainbow (laughs) bowl this is what i want for christmas yeah don't beat around the bush yeah no so I you know somebody I um was talking to was like oh sometimes when I want to give my partner like gift ideas but I don't want to tell them like I'll go onto their computer or their phone and I'll like google search what I want like a bunch of times so it shows up in their targeted ads and I was like that is next level genius but I also you know don't think you need to necessarily beat around the bush that much just yeah just tell people what you want I at a certain um, point I wonder why you wouldn't just I I like like I like the like FBI vibes it's giving I like right. that. I like that we were just talking about mystery and thrillers like I, I dig that like but also why can't you just be like hey I want this for, <laughs> I want this for Christmas or my birthday or whatever but yeah yes so anyhow, hopefully you've got some good ideas. Hopefully you know what you yourself want to ask for for the holidays. Um, but yeah, that is what we have for you today. So please feel free to leave us feedback on the show or um, just on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It lets us know how we're doing. It also helps others find us, which we appreciate. And you can always drop us a line at heyya@bookriot.com. Don't forget to visit mytbr.co for our TBR subscription, also great for gifting ideas, um, or bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. Thank you to today's sponsors for making the show possible, and thanks to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Well, not really Twitter. I'm not really on there anymore, but I'm on Instagram at, at Tears of Price. How about you, Erica? 
I'm at Twitter at Erica underscore easy E underscore. Awesome. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Um, but until then, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>